Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Five lesser-known facts about Jiang Zemin that Chinese internet users are fondly remembering him for. Written by Zhao Yuanyuan. Published in The China Project. Read for you by Kaiser Guo. It is said that nostalgia is like rose-tinted glasses through which the past always looks better. Such is the case with former Chinese President Jiang Zemin, who died of leukemia and associated multiple organ failure on Wednesday in Shanghai. He was 96. The political legacy of Jiang, who was president for a decade until 2003 and led the ruling Communist Party for 13 years until 2002, is extensive. During his time in power, Zhang stabilized the country, repaired its ties with the West, and oversaw the handover of Hong Kong after the army crushed the Tiananmen pro-democracy protests in 1989. Zhang also supported Beijing's admission to the World Trade Organization and helmed an unprecedented economic boom, laying the foundation for China to become a global powerhouse. He did not, however, make any fundamental changes to China's political system or the Communist Party's way of ruling the country. Zhang's death marked the first time in history that a retired Chinese president has died after the advent of social media. Chinese internet users have analyzed and evaluated his legacy in an unprecedented way. On Weibo, there has been an outpouring of fond remembrances, not of Zhang's political accomplishments, but of his casual confidence, flamboyant persona, and many talents. The main wellspring of the nostalgia about Jiang seems to stem from the contrast between him and China's sternly autocratic current leader, Xi Jinping, who rarely mingles with the public or shows the more personal side of himself. Below, we've compiled a list of lesser-known facts about Jiang that Chinese internet users are talking about with a great deal of affection and admiration. He loved music. Zhang was a man of multiple musical talents. Growing up, Zhang learned the Chinese flute and a traditional two-stringed bowed instrument called an arhu. As a self-taught musician, Zhang also played the piano, the ukulele, the organ, and the Hawaiian guitar. With a penchant for music, Zhang was famous for regaling world leaders with impromptu song and dance performances on diplomatic occasions. During his days as Shanghai's mayor, Zhang waltzed with San Francisco's then-mayor Diane Feinstein and sang When We Were Young in 1982. He belted out a rendition of Elvis Presley's Love Me Tender during a state visit to the Philippines in 1996. At a 2001 state banquet for then-U.S. President George W. Bush in Beijing's Great Hall of the People, he performed an impromptu duet of O Sole Mio, before twirling across the dance floor with First Lady Laura Bush. In a one-on-one interview in May 1997, Zhang told CNN, I feel that no matter what one's profession, if one can enjoy reading some literature, enjoy some music, 
that can be very helpful to the healthy growth of the person. He introduced Titanic to China. The 1997 film by James Cameron was one of the first foreign films to enter modern China and was a massive box office hit thanks to a surprising endorsement from Jiang. Before Titanic officially opened in China, Jiang watched it in a private screening and surprised a group of legislators at the country's National People's Congress by saying that he was deeply moved by the film. Let us not assume that we can't learn from capitalism. Titanic has a budget of $200 million. This is venture capitalism. I invite my comrades at the Politburo to see the movie, not to propagate capitalism, but to better understand our opposition, the better to enable us to succeed, he said to the officials. On Weibo, fans of Zhang reminisced about the days when uncensored versions of foreign films and TV shows were regularly introduced to China under Zhang's rule. Many commentators also remembered the historic moment of the Chinese national soccer team making its first and only appearance in the World Cup in 2002, when Zhang was still in power. He had a passable grasp of several foreign languages. Zhang spoke several foreign languages, including English, Russian, German, and Romanian, albeit with a notable accent. A video of Zhang that has been making the rounds on the Chinese internet shows him giving a speech in English at Harvard University in 2000. The real display of cultural confidence is not feeling ashamed of speaking someone else's language, a Weibo user commented. For a book titled, Leading Cadres Must Make an Effort to Learn Foreign Languages, which was published by the central government in 2011, Zhang contributed a preface in which he urges officials to learn languages so they can communicate with foreigners and give the world more understanding of China. His passion for foreign languages and openness to Western culture stands in stark contrast to China's growing rejection of English language teaching in recent years as the government ratchets up its campaign against Western influence. He was known for iconic moments in diplomatic meetings and interviews. Zhang's unmatched charisma and confidence set him apart from traditional Chinese leaders who are notoriously restrained and scripted in public. With a possession of a quick wit and freewheeling nature, Zhang produced a slew of memorable moments and quotes that were captured on camera. When Zhang met with Spanish King Juan Carlos in 1996, he casually cracked out a comb to fix his hair at a reception as if no one was watching. During his 2000 interview with CBS correspondent Mike Wallace, which remains one of the longest and most candid conversations between a Chinese politician and an American reporter to date, Zhang broke into a Chinese folk song and recited part of the Gettysburg Address in between tough questions about the Beijing massacre and the Falun Gong. The most famous exchange Zhang had with the journalist was no doubt with Hong Kong journalist Sharon Cheng, Chen Baohua. At a press conference in 2000, Zhang was aggressively grilled by Cheng on whether the party had interfered in the re-election of Tong Chihua, Dong Jianhua, as Hong Kong's chief executive. Appearing infuriated, Zhang eventually lost his composure and belittled her. You seem very familiar with Western media, but you are too young. Mike Wallace from the U.S. is way above you all. I talked joyfully and comfortably with him, he went on, switching smoothly between Mandarin and English and then Cantonese. Questions you asked are too simple, sometimes naive. Do you understand? 
he had a cult-like legion of fans who called themselves toad worshippers. In the early 2000s, Chinese internet users started to notice the uncanny similarities between a toad and Zhang, who was famous for wearing absurdly high-waisted pants and supersized black-rimmed glasses. The resemblance led to memes juxtaposing Zhang's images with the amphibians and people calling Zhang Toad. But as time went on, the meme blossomed into toad-worshipping, moha, a humorous subculture of people who unironically admired Zhang and used the nickname affectionately. Calling themselves fans of the toad, ha si, Zhang's followers celebrated his birthday every year by simply posting plus ones on their social media accounts, which stood for their best wishes to add one more second to Zhang's lifetime. To discuss the difference between Xi and Zhang, toad worshippers invented the phrase Xi Ha Ha, a pun on the onomatopoeia for the sound of laughter. Xi Xi Ha Ha. <laughs> 